0: I think I better come up the stairs because uh, I can see myself falling up the stage and that would be very interesting. All right. Okay. i do not actually lighting like a mic. I prefer a headset, but there we go. All right. So I'm excited to speak to you today. I don't know how much time we have, but anyway, there we go. Um, this subject I'm going to talk about today has been floating around in my brain for quite a while and I want you to grab hold of it. I counsel and coach quite a few people in and outside of the church, and this thread has been coming through quite a number of times, so hopefully, I've got a lot of content. I had a lot of content. I mean, I hope you're okay with staying here till 8, but you know, (laughs) there we go. So, um, and this is a real sword. Let me get it out. The sword, you'll have to just wait. I'm going to put it down here. All right, beautiful. So, actually, I had an incident yesterday. I was, I had some beautiful people round to stay uh, for for dinner last night, and. I was going to the supermarket, and I had this tension between I wanted this to be beautiful. I want to love and honor these these people, and on the other side, I was like, I want to prep for my sermon because I do a lot of hours when I prep for a sermon because I just feel like I want to put a lot of time into it, a lot of thought into it, and a lot of research. And so, I had this tension of I want to do this, I want to do this, and then go in the supermarket. And look, and God says to me, Do you remember what you're talking about tomorrow? And I'm like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, God. Yes, yes. Okay, I'm not going to be anxious. Right. Good. That's good. All right. So um, he just reminds me of it so many times. So I'm going to jump in with a whole load of scriptures today. I hope I won't be too long for you. I don't believe in really long sermons because I don't have very good audio. Um, thinking I'm like falling asleep, but I do have some visuals to keep you awake. So we're going to go around a lot of scriptures. So. I just want you to just maybe close your eyes. I'm going to ask you some questions. You can close your eyes if you want to. I always think it helps to distract, loosen the distractions around you. So what would it look like to have brave communication with people in your life without yelling or rolling of eyes or tension? How would life change if you went into a challenging work environment with joy and laughter, how would it feel like to get up every single day and be excited, joyful, and expectant? What would you all, lo- your life, look like if you met every single person and every situation in a godly, powerful way? Okay, you can open your eyes if you've got them closed. I want you to know that you can do all these things. Today I'm going to give you inspiration to live a powerful life and to be a powerful person. Years ago I went to a Bible week. Um, There's about 7,000 people there. I was about a teenager. I can't remember, 14, 15, something like that. And this preacher kept saying at the front, he probably said a lot of things, but all I can remember is this one statement. You've got what it takes to meet this situation in a godly way. And for years, that has stuck with me. Now, when my kids were little and shouting back at me, didn't always do the powerful person thing, right? Uh, And then my teenagers, uh, when I asked them to clean their room, again, um, no, rolling of eyes, (laughs) I wasn't the most powerful person in the room at that time. Yes. <laughs> no, not at all. At all. And in fact, I've actually done a lot of speaking about how not to be a yelling mom. So there you go. I wasn't that powerful. But I have become powerful over the years. I have become much more powerful. So I want you to repeat after me I am a powerful person. I've got what it takes to meet this situation in in a godly way. way. Right. So what is a powerful person? I think we always think of people who are powerful as aggressive and uh, strong and, you know, we don't care about your emotions. We're doing this. And we think of someone like maybe Steve Jobs who brilliant man, very powerful, knew what he was doing, had a vision all the rest of it, but wasn't actually very good with people around him, his employees, etc. And, you know, we can probably think of other people, big people in the world who we seem as powerful and yet dismiss people, dismiss people's emotions, are unkind, etc. Probably think of people in our own lives like that, right? Um, But God has a different thought. He has a different thought about what is a powerful person. He thinks powerful people are people who are calm and kind and have positivity and strength and peace in all situations. And he wants you to be that powerful person. So how do we become this powerful person? Oh, I forgot. I've got slides coming up. Where are they? I've got a slide coming up. Uh, do we have slides? Hopefully. Oh yes, those are, okay. Next slide. I don't, you'll hear about that in a minute. So I hear some of you say, "I can't do this." I, I, I oops, nearly stood on my sword. Um, if you're in Scotland, you have to like jump the sword and things like that. But anyway. Um, Some of you are thinking, I can't do this. Do you you know what work environment I live in, I work in, uh, how, you know, do you see the way my spouse and I communicate? Do you see my children? You know, there's all sorts of things that we can say, I can't do this. This is just too hard. This is just too, too difficult. But I'm telling you right now, you can do this. You know why? Because you have a superpower. You are a superhero. Yeah, you are. Like this next one, that one, that slide we just had. That anyone know who that is? I actually. Okay. And the next slide. Who's that? Come on, Marvel people. Yes, Wasp. That's right. It's Wasp. All right, Ant Man's girlfriend, I think. And next slide. Who's that? Thank you, Captain America. I had to uh, call Aaron on a few of these, and the next one. Yes, King Arthur. He's the fifth-century Saxon superhero. Okay, so yeah, these guys are superheroes. They are. They have super strength, superpowers, and all the rest of it. Right. Um, what is your superpower? Your superpower, if you believe in Jesus and you know Jesus, your superpower is grace. Grace is the power, the presence of God. You have God inside you. Let's go to the next slide. Yeah, grace. Romans 5.17. If you want to turn to that. And if you you turn to it and you got it, say got it. Oh, so I heard someone. Do you say got it? Someone said, got it over there. Good. Good. Thank you. For if by the trespass of the one, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Oh, we could just sit there for a long time, right? The abundant provision of of grace. grace is frequently used in the word in the context of power, strength, and ability. It's majestic. It's majestic. It's like going to the Grand Canyon or so many. It's majestic. Grace is majestic. It is the power of God. The power of God. We're not just talking, uh, you know, this is a nice little thing. We're talking the power of God. It empowers you to live a godly, Jesus-spirit-filled life. Grace helps us overcome. It says that we reign in life. We don't just survive life or get through life or struggle through life. We reign in life. We don't have to have anything get us down because we reign in life. If anyone comes against you, Let grace rise up and rule. Grace empowers you to move in the opposite spirit. So something comes against you, and it might not be particularly against you, but something is coming in your life. You can move against it with grace, whatever shape or form. Next slide, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Say, got it if you got it? 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Got it. Oh, I heard that. That's quick. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Listen to that. So the power of Christ may dwell in me. In you, every single one of you here, that word "power" is "dumame." I don't know; it sounds like edamame, but uh, probably saying it wrong. Just saying, it's in the Greek. It means force or special, miraculous power. You have special, miraculous power living in in you. I mean, it makes it's just exciting, right? We have that. We have that power, right? It's not something you just, you know, you get your phone, you you dial nine one one, or if you're in the UK, you dial nine nine nine. I just thought you should know that in case you should, you're there and you need an emergency. Anyway. 999, right, 911 if you're here, and you say, hey, quick, I need, some, I need some power. Could you send some over, please? And you have to wait a bit, and then, and then the power comes. No, the power is already in you. The power is already in you. You don't have to call anybody or do anything. So remember my story yesterday about feeling this anxious, feeling this tension, um, getting, like, a little bit stressed, my poor husband. <laughs> um, and then I suddenly went, no. And I'm going to the supermarket. No, thank you, Lord. You're right. I don't have to be anxious. I'm a powerful person. This shouldn't bother me. I can be at peace. I can trust God in this. He's going to work this out. I can go back and enjoy this moment with these people. And then tomorrow, you're just going to do an amazing thing, finishing off my preparation. And I did. And I didn't have to worry. And I just, it just feels so good. I don't have to be anxious about anything. And I don't have to be easily offended. If you're easily offended, you need to move more in the grace of God. You do. You need to move more in the grace of God. So if someone offends you, then just go, okay, it might be something to do with me, but it might be something to do with them. And you can just move solely in the grace of God. We need to move in our superpower. You do not have to receive a negative. You don't have to. The abundance of grace overcomes. God is in the business of changing a negative to a positive. I was listening to uh, Graham Cook the other day, and he was talking about how someone had come up to him. He's, um, if any of you don't know, he's actually British, but he listens in the States. He's a great speaker. Um, very soft voice, really nice. Um, and he says, um, someone came up to him and said, I hate you, I've come here to say I hate you, I hate what you're doing, and I'm a, an enemy of your ministry, and I'm going to bring it down. And Graham's like, oh no, sorry, it's Tuesday. So Micah, said, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday, everybody. And, no, it's Tuesday. And the guy goes, well, what, what do you mean? He goes, I don't take enemies on Tuesdays. <laughs> and this guy goes, well then I'm going to come back tomorrow. And he goes, oh, you see, it's no good because I just love you too much and it's just not going to work. And he just then spent the whole next time prophesying of this guy, encouraging this guy, and he got the grace and he gave it to him in bucket loads. Whereas many of us would be going, oh, okay, security, security. Or we, we withdraw or we push. But God says, no, you can just stand there and go, I understand, dude, you must be really, you know. You can love on them really, really well. And I want to be like that. He says, Graham says, rich in grace towards people. Give them a big fat check of grace. Right? Big fat check of grace. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace in time of need. So good. So what are you? I I am a powerful person. I've got what it takes. To meet, this to meet the situation in a, godly, in a godly, powerful way. Beautiful. Good. That's so good. So how can we do it? If you know me well, I'm a very practical person. I'm like, okay, I understand the concept. How do I work that out practically in my life, right? Um, so I'll, if you ever talk to me, that's, I'll go into the practical very really quickly because I think that's God's, God's about that, you know? So I'm just going to go through two things that God wants us to really work on. And there are many, many things. I had like, I know, pages and pages of this, right? So I've honed it down. And these are the two that I really feel God is telling us to do as a community. Um, Psalm 34, 1. So this is, anchor your heart through praise. Is there a slide for this? Yes. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually in my mouth. So my dad had um, vascular dementia, which is a little bit like Alzheimer's, and um, he could not recognize me or my mom or anybody, but he could sing songs from way back when, and actually dementia has been found to be that part of the brain that sings is relatively undamaged by Alzheimer's, and yet the rest of the brain is. Isn't that interesting? And then Uh, Scientists in Harvard and Yale uh, found out that singing could boost your longevity, reduce the risk of dementia, help lower blood pressure, improve brain health, improve anxiety, blood circulation, concentration, and memory. No wonder the worship pastors and leaders are so dang happy. I'm telling you. So I really encourage you to sing. To listen to worship music. You can even listen. I listen to a lot of worship, Christian pop, even. I even listen to musical theater, just saying. And I have a lot of fun with it. So God's into that, too. He's not into just like, oh, you can only listen to this. No. I dance and, and for joy for, with musical theater. But if you, if you sing, it just brings something up inside you that nothing else can. And you sing worship to God. You're encountering him. You're going to get with him. And so that when things come your way, you're just like, eh, it's okay. I'm good. I've got the grace of God in me. And you can get that by singing and being part of worship music. And I really encourage you to sing in tongues, too. We do a lot of speaking in tongues. How many times do you sing in tongues aside from this meeting? Okay? Sing in tongues. Sing all sorts of things in tongues. If you're on your own, who cares, you know? Even if you think, oh, I can't sing, it doesn't matter. just doesn't matter. God's not into that. And the last thing is to, to sing and speak out the word. So oftentimes we'll read the word, especially if we're in our own home environment. We'll read the word so it'll go from our eyes and our brain down to our heart but there is something about actually coming out of your mouth, out loud. If you're part of the Jewish culture, you'll, you'll get used to that. They read out loud. They read the word out loud. And there's a reason for that. It's, again, like that singing thing. It's, it, it goes into a different part of your brain. And you can kind of hear it with your eyes and your ears and your whole senses if you speak it out. And if you really want to be adventurous, sing it out. It's really fun. It really is. And, it ju- again, it has a different... A different part of you that invades your spirit, invades your soul. Um, Joshua 1.8 says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Not your heart or your brain shall not depart from your mouth. So it makes you think, doesn't it? Let's sing, let's speak, let's, let's use our whole senses to praise God. And the second thing is that we need to really take account of as we receive grace and we give out grace is our identity. Our identity, there should be another slide, yes. Our identity is about knowing how Jesus sees us. That's how we're really going to know who we are in him. It's to know that Jesus sees us so beautifully. It doesn't matter what we do. He loves us no matter what. In Genesis, it says we are made in the image of God. I love how the message Bible says it here. God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, making them reflecting on nature. If you look into a mirror or you look into a pool and you see yourself, it is exactly the same. Just a little ripply if you're in a pool, but it is exactly the same. And God says, I'm going to make them in our own image. Beautiful, right? He loves us so much. And 1 Corinthians 2.16 says, we have the mind of Christ. So if you're saying, oh yeah, yeah, I can't do that, I'm human, Um, I'm not able to do that, you have the mind of Christ. You can do all these different things because you have the mind of Christ in you. Psychology Today reports that our confidence and identity is based a lot on performance. So we base a lot of who we are and how we think about ourselves on what we do. So either our relationships or marriage or parenting or I'm a terrible, you know, my kids are kicking up or something. Or I'm a terrible parent, therefore I'm a terrible person. Uh, or you're at work and you're not doing great at work and you're like, I'm not doing great at work, therefore I am not great. Or maybe it's your job or your looks. Sometimes it's your looks. Apparently nine out of ten people in the world Don't like the way they look. That's 9 out of 10 people. 90% of us people. That's not good. All right? Americans apparently are supposed to be considered the most confident in the entire universe. Right? That's what people think. Right? They think that Americans are very confident. And we are in many respects. Americans are very confident in sort of entrepreneurial, various other things. But apparently they mark really low on self-confidence on how they think about themselves. And because we are basing our confidence, our security, who we are, on the outside stuff. like If I do this right, I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be all right. But God says, no, let's start here you are amazing. You are beautiful. You are wonderful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You reflect my nature. You had the mind of Christ. Go forth. <laughs> you will make mistakes out there. That's okay. That's okay because I'm your daddy God and I love you no matter what. If we know who we are, we will do better. We, will, we do better when we come against storms in our lives, people in our lives, situations in our lives, because we will know who we are, right? And be careful what you think and say about yourself. Dr. Caroline Leaf talks a lot about the power of the brain is linked with the soul and the spirit. This is not only in the outward words, but in your inner words to yourself. Research shows that 75 to 98% of mental, physical, and behavioral illnesses come from one's thought life. So being a powerful person comes from knowing who you are in God. If you are secure in who you are, and you know your identity, you will be a powerful person. You will be kind when you don't feel like it. You will be non-offendable, you will turn a negative situation into a positive, you will be calm when things go a little pear-shaped, and you can bring joy and laughter to a depressive situation or person, right, so I am a powerful person, I've got what it takes to meet the situation in a godly, powerful way. Yeah, there's a philosopher from back from um, 100 AD. Yes, I do look these things up. Happiness and freedom begin with one principle. Some things are within your control and some things are not. All I can say to that is, duh. But anyway, <laughs> we need that reminder, right? There's some things I can control and some things I can't. If my child is having a big fat tantrum on the floor, I can't really control that. What I can control is the atmosphere maybe around it. But I can't actually, if they choose to do that, there's nothing I can do about it. I actually have someone I know who is beautiful and compassionate. But she's a little judgmental. And she has a bit of a critical spirit. And um, it used to make me bristle so much. I was just like really like irritated. Like, why are you going on about this and that and this and that? And I would take it personally, and I would get offended, then I'd get annoyed, then I'd get frustrated, then I'd get, like, snippy, all that kind of stuff. Like, eh, whatever. Yeah, okay. um, and suddenly God said, you've got to be a powerful person in this. Let's do this powerfully, this relationship. So every time she did it, I would just pray under my breath. Just pray in tongues, pray under my breath. Just pray for her. I would see her differently, I didn't react, I told myself, this isn't personal, this is something within her, I know this is, there's no right and wrong what I'm doing in this incident, this is something in her that's that's doing this. And later on, I actually had a brave communication with her, which was quite scary, you know? I was like, Ooh! but I just wanted to <laughs> put this on the table. So I, I did. I put it on the table. I just said very calmly and kindly things that are bothering me, the, the observations, and it was things that are bothering me, not, oh, you're doing this, that, and the other. These are things that are bothering me. Just put it out on the table and just talk to her. And the conversation could have gone like this, but I just kept calm. I was the powerful person in the room. And now we just, we're just we closer because of it. It doesn't always go that way, I know, with brave communication conversations. But I felt more powerful. I know I was more powerful. And I wasn't letting this upset me into here. And as I talked to this person, I realized she's a ball of anxiousness. And she wasn't picking on me personally. She was just trying to pick at the outside world because this inside was so anxious. And I've known that a lot from counseling, that if you are centering a lot on the outside, whatever it might be, it's because this isn't calm and at peace and doesn't know the grace of God in its fullness. So it was beautiful, really great conversation. And I just feel like it's easier to yell, to be snippy, to be dysfunctional basically in relationships. It's easier to strike back or to detract. It's more powerful to stand and love somebody. It's more powerful to do that. And it feels so good to just love someone when they probably don't feel so great. You are in control of you, you're not in control of them whoever they are, or the situation, whatever that storm may be. You're not in control of it sometimes. So you, but you are in control of you. I'm sitting in the boat. And that, today was just crazy because David said something about peace and calm in the storms. And then Mike was going on about storms. And I'm like, this is not so. God, you just strain that all the way along. Because it is, it's about sitting in the boat and being at peace. Even though the storm around you is crazy, crazy, right? You're just going, It's okay. God's got this. This is going to be okay. If we are as a community of believers showed love in all circumstances, think how much more people would be attracted to Jesus. Offline and online. Mm-hmm. Yep, you know, there's some of you here. Um, what if we loved well online and offline? What if that person that was a little tricky or difficult, we loved them really well. How much more would people want? I want what you've got. There's another slide come up. Maybe we can also teach our children. Is I always think it's going to be up there, but it's not. Maybe we can teach our children to also be superheroes. This is actually a picture I got for a... Uh, Natalie's baby. Is Natalie here? Somewhere in the back, somewhere. There. Um, yeah, so this is going to be the kid, actually. Um, <laughs> but you can teach your children to be superheroes. So when they're like, meh, 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 they did this and that, let's try and be a superhero here. Because you got the superpower of grace. So you can deal with the situation really well. Now they're children, I get it. They're going to take time to get that, but you can. You can get your children to be superheroes. They can get through these things, and they can have the grace of God in them. We can be. Ha- we can make them influences for the future. And the sword. I told you I wasn't going to speak for long. Sword is because there are dragons in your life, right? There are dragons in your life. There are lies that come in and coming towards you like a dragon. They say, you're not good enough. You never do this. What are you about? And you just need to slay that dragon, right? What about anxiety? Slay that dragon, right? Rifts between friends and family. Slay the dragon, challenging work environments, slay the dragon. I'm telling you, you need to take a sword like this. This is heavy, man. This is me. I'm going to work out holding this thing. You're welcome to come and hold it afterwards if you want. But you need to take this sword and become a superhero. Become a superhero in your life and in the situations in your life and in your family and in all the life. You need to be superheroes. You do. Can you all say that? I'm going to be a superhero. I'm going to be a superhero. Right. I want a whole lot of superheroes. You can wear capes if you want. I'm up for that. I like capes. All right. I encourage you this week to do the following. Next slide. Oh, next slide. Hmm. Speak the word. Sing the word. Sing in tongues. Dance. Dance. Hands up if you're a dancer. Any of you dancers over here? Yes, dance. actually say in England, dancers. Mike's a dancer. I not like that, Julie. Yes. We know you're a dancer. Destiny's a great dancer. If you didn't put your hand up, I dare you this week to dance. Yeah, I dare you can do, You can do the dead dance. You can do the mom dance. The, da- the dead dance is good. It's the sort of... Yeah. Mike has got the dad dance. Okay, dance. Sing in, sing in tongues. Sing, in, sing. Just sing. Sing, sing, sing. Okay, this week, do some singing. Sing in the car. It's great. Everyone thinks you're on the phone. doesn't matter. Right? Just sing. Sing in the car when you're driving anywhere. And <laughs> ask God to show you. The next one is ask God to show you how much he loves you. Ask God to show you how much he loves you. I dare you to go into your room or your prayer closet, wherever you want to go, go outside, and eat you, it was a place, and say, God, show me how much you love me. Because you'll see that you will not have to worry about anything because you'll have the sword. You'll know who you are in Jesus. You will be secure. You won't let anything touch you because, and you will love well. So every morning, uh, next slide. Every morning I really want you to maybe put it on a post-it, right? Or something like that. Um, Let's say it again. I am a powerful person. Let's read the next bit. I've got what it takes to meet the situation in a godly, powerful way. Say it again, louder. I've got what it takes to meet this situation in a godly, powerful way. Um, I love this one, this... This is a picture from um, Charles Maxey. He's a really, I just love his pictures and his words. What do you think success is, asked the boy, to love, said the mole. That is what success is, is to love well, to love well. That doesn't mean to say you don't have boundaries and parameters and various other things you respect and honor. But if you love well. You will be known by their love, right? You will be known by your love. And you can love well even in the hardest place. Even in the hardest place, in the hardest relationships, in your own hardest place in yourself, you can love well. And you, because you have the grace of God in you. So, yeah. So I just want you to stand right now. I said I would be quick and I was. (laughs) Um I just want you to stand, and um, if you can, just, um, God, God has created us with an imagination. I love how God gives us an imagination. He creates the beautiful things in our heads and our minds. That's why people do arts and performing arts and all that kind of thing, because he creates imagination. So, I just want you to close your eyes a minute, and maybe you have a situation relationship where you're not being as powerful as you'd like. Maybe you don't. That's okay. You don't have to think of anything. If you're in a beautiful situation, if you're in that hammock, great. But maybe there's a situation where you're like, I could be. this could be better. I'm not dealing with this as well as I think I could. Now I want you to think about that situation in a powerful way. Recreate it where you are the powerful person with the sword, where you love well. You might even think about what you're saying, what you're speaking, what situation you are, how you're standing, sitting. As a man thinks, so he is. As you think about this, recreate that scene in your mind that you can do it well with peace and calm, with kindness and love. Father, we just thank you. We just thank you that you have given us the power of grace in our lives. Fill us up more and more with it, Lord God. The abundant provision of grace, Lord Jesus. I pray for every single one of the people in this room right now. I'm looking out at you, and I pray that you will know far more than you can abundantly ask or imagine the grace of God in your life, in every situation, in every relationship. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Beautiful, let's just keep that last slide, can we keep that last slide up? I really encourage you to write that down, put it on a post-it, take a picture of it, all that good stuff. If you, um, we're going to have the prayer team up, but if some of you have a situation or you thought of something or a relationship, I want you to come up and get prayed for, this is your time get someone to agree with you, to pray with you, to to just respond to you. So we can get the prayer team up. I don't know where they are. Um, that would be great. Or if you have anything you want to get prayed for, then um, please come up to the front. Don't be shy. Don't let another day go by where someone doesn't agree with you um, and bring it to the Lord together. There's something about two or three gathered together. Um, lots of amazing things happen, so um, beautiful, so come on up, and um, that's it, thank you, (laughs) you can see the sword if you want.